Welcome to the SEM Insider Insights podcast series presented by Bing Ads. These are conversations with PPC experts and influencers who are sharing their tips and advice so you can become a PPC pro. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Insider Insights from Bing Ads. I'm Frances Donegan Ryan, your host. I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today. She's one in a million. It's Melissa Mackey, search supervisor at Gyro. And uh, she's based out in Illinois. Is that right, Melissa? No, Michigan. I'm in Michigan, and our um, office is in Cincinnati. So I'm remote. Oh, perfect. So you do you have to bop between the two? Every once in a while. Mostly I stay here. It's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about yourself and um, why you love search. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been doing search for over 15 years. Um, a long time. <laughs> seen a lot of changes. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's just, it's so, the reason that I, I love doing it still after all this time is that every day is a new day and every day brings a different right. challenge. And so there, there's always new features being launched. There are new advertiser challenges. Um, you know, in the agency world, we're always getting on new clients and mm -hmm. working on their challenges. So it's really exciting and uh, it's never boring. Um, and that's what I love about doing search uh, as opposed to other marketing jobs I've held that really got monotonous after a while. Right. This just right. is always something different. Yeah. I feel the same way. I absolutely agree. It's it's a lot of fun to um, have those challenges come at you to keep you on your toes. Right. <laughs> and um, and then something I love about the paid search and and honestly also the um, the SEO side of our our gang of friends is the willingness of leaders and um, thought leaders to share their experiences and share their thoughts um, and share quite openly learnings that they're having as new features come out, as new players come into the ecosystem. And so I, I love that. So thank you for doing that with us today. Yeah, absolutely. So today, kind of building off this notion of, you know, both of us have been in the industry a long time and all the changes that we've seen. I think uh, really one of the recent uh, big changes is this shift from the keyword is not king, now audiences and keywords support your audience strategy. Um, and I know that you've written about this and talked about this. Where do you think we are with this audience? Is it uh, the keyword is already dead. Is audience just the future and nothing else is going to matter? Um, keywords are not dead. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> think they're ever going to be. One of the best things about search and the reason that it's so successful is because people are telling you exactly what they're looking for. They are raising their mm -hmm. hands and saying, you know, I'm looking for, you know, blue widgets, whatever it is that they're searching for. And so that... Uh, ability to target people right at the moment that they are asking a question and serve them up an answer, I don't think mm -hmm. is ever going to go away. But what I do right. think is going to happen is we see a lot of trying to weed out irrelevant searches and people are not always specific when they're searching. Sometimes they don't know exactly what they want. And the other aspect is as an advertiser, you don't know who they are. 
So we don't know if they really fall into our, our target or not. So traditional marketing, you know, back eons ago when I was in college, we learned about demographics and, you know, mm-hmm. how to determine your target audience. And I sold traditional media before I did search. And it was all about, well, we reach 18 to 34-year-old males and, you know, they're blue collar or whatever it is. And, you know, this is your target audience. Like we were completely focused on audiences. And that's what marketers are accustomed to is identifying mm-hmm. who their customer is. And search has always lacked that piece. It, we don't know. Uh, we know what they're looking for, so we can make inferences, but we don't really know if they're it's in kind our of target. an anonymous face. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're anonymous. And uh, for, for us in particular at Gyro, we specialize in business to business. And so a lot of keywords overlap with consumer products or services. And so it's challenging to try to figure out, is this person really a B2B searcher or is it just a consumer looking for something similar? And so that's always been a challenge. And so I think where audiences comes in is there's so many ways that it comes in. But one of the the obvious ways is it helps you to qualify who who the user is and who the searcher is. So you can figure out, you know, yes, this is somebody that we want and we want to target them. It also helps you craft your funnels. So right. um, the more you know about somebody, the more you can infer about what stage they are in the buyer journey. Um, mm-hmm. And you can help identify that. And a lot of that comes into paid social, but we look at it in search too when we're looking at creating retargeting audiences. It's really important to understand not only who they are, but what behaviors they've taken in the past that helps to give us an idea of how far down the funnel they are. Kind of building on retargeting, are there, you know, a handful of features that, um, you know, Bing, Google, Facebook, et cetera, are offering that, you know, which are kind of your favorite audience targeting features that you like using? Or do you use different ones, you know, to achieve different goals, which is probably the answer. That, that is the answer. <laughs> it's, it's different <laughs> ones for different goals. Um, we, you know, when it comes to looking at, I mean, you can be as simple as somebody who didn't buy, we want to target them with maybe a little different message, like that's retargeting it. It's and yeah. it's very, you know, simplest, but we we take it a lot further. We'll, we'll build lookalike audiences. We'll use in-market audiences. That's something that is available in both Google and Bing now. And it's it's very intriguing because that helps us to determine if these are B2B buyers. They're, the segments yeah. aren't perfect and they're not totally, I would like to see more B2B, but I know I've made that request of Bing and it, it has been answered <laughs> and there are a lot more B2B categories there now, which makes that really attractive to us because then we can kind of layer that on and know that right. we're targeting the right people. So the the specific tactics that we use, you know, are we going to target people who took a conversion action or exclude those people or do we want to use lookalikes or not? Um, it really depends on what our strategy is and our objectives, but we use them all. Yeah. Do you feel like there's something that people just aren't taking advantage of yet or thinking about yet, whether it's a tactic or a tool that's out there or just, you know, is there a way of thinking about audience that you would want to encourage others um, to start thinking that way as well? Um, I would say just start using them. I mm. mean, I think a lot of people are now at this point in time, but 
I think there are a lot of people who are really just doing, I know when we inherit accounts um, that have been running under other management, what we typically see for remarketing is just the basic, let's exclude people who converted and just remarket Mm. to them. And half the time they're seeing the same ad they already saw. Right. And that's not effective and that's really not good remarketing. Um, and, and sometimes we see, like, I don't know if it's resources or laziness or what, but we see the same creative everywhere. You know, Google Display mm. and Facebook and Search and everybody is using the same creative, the same offer. And I would encourage people not to fall into that trap. I would encourage people to really try to think about the customer and their journey and what makes sense and, and inform that with data, right? Like you should, right. you should always find out, you know, is it, cause I mean, Facebook can work for very down funnel and Google display can as well. Uh, we tend to think of those as more higher funnel, but it mm. isn't always necessarily. So, um, you know, I think it's just a matter of, of giving it some thought and then don't use the same creative for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Is there one of these audience tactics? So, you know, you have your uh, in-market lists, you have custom audiences, um, you have your own kind of CRM lists. Is there one that you are kind of most fond of or love taking advantage of? I think the CRM lists, if you if you have them and are allowed to use them and can get them to match, those mm-hmm. are obviously very powerful. So if you are doing anything you know, that's any kind of repeat purchasing. You can set up a whole nurture funnel through that. You can sell people peripheral products. I mean, you can really slice and dice. If you have events coming up, you know, mm-hmm. we have clients who do webinars or trade shows or whatever, and we'll use lists of people who went last year or people who signed up before. You know, you can use those. And, and it's great that you can use them almost anywhere now. You know, almost every channel has the ability to use these CRM lists. And that's obviously people that you know are interested in some way and are already right. familiar with you. So they're generally very easy to convert. I'm also a fan of the in-market audiences, I have to say. Yeah. I, I think rather than any other targeting technique that we've tried so we've tried, you know, in display, we've tried keyword targeting, we've tried placements. And I think outside of retargeting where you already know who the people are, the in-market audiences yeah. are the next best thing because yeah. their their behaviors are exhibiting that they're interested in your product. And it's a good way to to discover these people that may not be aware of you already. I also like, I with in-market audiences, I think it teaches you a lot, um, particularly if, the, if you've been more conservative with your match types, it teaches you a lot about what people are searching for. So you already know that you want to reach, you know, this type of shopper or this type of decision maker, and now you're targeting that group specifically, and you're going to start finding all sorts of new information about them. Um, you know, how do they, what do they call the product? How do they think about it? What what is the path that they took to um, to convert? Um, I think there's a lot of information there that just using that one tactic, it's like you know sifting for gold. You're going to find new information um, about the exact people you want to reach. Yeah, absolutely, and that's something that we've used to then inform future marketing. 
If we find out mm-hmm. that the way people describe a particular product is not the same way as the client describes it, that's something that we want to, you know, that we want to focus on. And maybe you don't rename your product. You know, you might keep the, the name the same, but in your landing page copy or in your ad copy, you might refer to it as how the people who are searching are actually referring to it because that's really what's going to resonate. The other thing I wanted to ask you, you know, you were talking about audience. How do you help your clients start to figure out who actually is their target customer and then be able to kind of show them data? Here's where you're going to find that person. Yeah, that's a great question. So some of our clients come to us already knowing that they've done a research project and and they've gleaned that information already. But others are making assumptions, <laughs> really. They're, yeah. they're just kind of guessing at who their their customers are. So we will actually, a lot of times we use social for that. So we'll, we'll run mm. some social advertising and just see who responds. And then we'll start to say, because we've had clients say, oh, we think most of our, our prospects are men, you know, 35 and under. And then we find out that you know, there's a good chunk of women. So they've been, you know, maybe focusing just on men. And we find out there's a good chunk of women that are also interested in their product. So, you know, social is great for that because you get a lot of data about the people. Something else that we use in, you know, in search now, we can get demographic data. And actually Bing has had that for a long time. So we can create segments and just test and see, you know, who's responding and and a lot of times it's a real eye opener for these clients. They they just you know they made an assumption based on, mm-hmm. a lot of times just based on well we think our ideal client should be this and you know, they're not really basing it on any facts. It's just somebody's opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we you know we'll that's we'll just how I feel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you know that maybe they wish that their ideal client was mm. this or that, and you know you, you, your wishes aren't going to put money in your pockets. So we try to get some data. Unless it's a wishing well, Melissa. Yeah, a wishing well. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, and I think what I found when I worked at an agency with customers as well, if they had kind of misconceptions around who their audience was, and then like you mentioned, their creative would be wrong or their targeting, you know, not necessarily wrong, but limited, right? It was actually limiting them and who they could reach. It also started to affect what they thought the lifetime value of their customer was. Mm -hmm. And that was the problem for us because then their budgets were set on that number. And we were like, well, no, because you're looking at only one little part of the audience um, because you haven't kind of broadened it out or done the research to show who it really is and what that lifetime value then might be. um, And then therefore what you're willing to spend to get them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think if you're new to any kind of marketing channel, you should never make too many assumptions because like you said, you're really limiting yourself. And mm-hmm. you, there may be other audiences that you haven't tapped into or tested but because you've come in with assumptions. And it's good to to branch out and test those because, you know, it's like a bad landing page, right? Advertisers come in with a landing page that's just terrible and isn't converting and they, right. they just want to throw more money at it. And, you know, well, maybe if we spent more in search, it's like, no, you need to fix your landing page. And then, you know, and then you can spend more in search and then, you know, it'll just be exponential. So assumptions in marketing are are not good. You should always use data. Yeah. 
of which we have access to a lot. That is the joy of our side of marketing. For sure. I want to sort of loop back to audiences and, you know, how it's going to affect the future of SEM. And um, and I know you said at the top that clearly the keyword is not dead. It's what shows us intent. And it's super valuable for us. It's one of the most valuable parts of, of search and paid search as well as um, organic search is that um, very clear intent signal. But how do you see the focus on audience, audience targeting start to change our industry a bit, say over the next six months or even the next year? I think it's going to keep growing as far as the options that we have available. So I think that we're going to have more types of audiences that we can use, both that we are building from our own data, such as retargeting and lookalikes, but also I think that that all of the platforms are going to start offering us additional audience targeting options as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, things they surface like the in market. And um, and I think there's going to be just combination upon combination of these. Mm. So you might take an in market audience and layer over something else so that you can get more granular. I mean, at some point you're going to, you know, shrink your audience to the point that it's not worth doing. But I think especially for somebody selling something that is really, it has such a huge audience. And instead of spending our time doing a bunch of negative keyword research and putting budget caps Mm. and and all of these things that we're doing right now, worrying about bids, that's going to be less important, I think, as we layer on audiences that, that, Mm. you know, that make it so we don't need to waste time on all these really manual and processes that that almost could be done and should be done, many of them by a machine or a script or whatever. We're going to spend less time doing that and more time just thinking about what our audiences are, which gets us closer to really marketing, right? Instead of just pulling levers. And I love pulling levers, so don't get me wrong. (laughs) But um, I think that we're going to have different levers that we pull and keywords are going to remain important. And we're going to have to look at voice search and how that plays into the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, that would be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll bring you back for that yeah, one. <laughs> bring me back for that. Yeah. I love talking about that. But um, you know, I think that audiences are just going to be if you're not thinking about audiences, you're gonna fall behind. I think, you know, as I've been thinking about this topic and I've I've spoken um, or chatted with people about audience a lot because um, you know, at Bing, we've been building our audience um, sort of features and what we can have you do with audiences, like what list can you upload, how many in-market audience groups um, we can create, things like that. Would you would you say that we're now in the year of the audience and we can stop pretending we're in the year of mobile still? <laughs> yes. I think I think we're finally and, we've officially moved. We've officially moved. And and especially with B2B, like so many years were the year of mobile because and, and there's still a few laggards on that, I hate to say. Um, oh gosh. But even the laggards are thinking about their audiences. So because again, if yeah. they're marketers, that's what they were taught. And so I think that like I said, it's comfortable for everybody. And now we can finally actually do it in these channels. And, you know, even in search where people, they just think it's keywords and it's like, oh no, there's so much more to it than keywords. I think that that's really, I think it's going to help adoption of all these things. And yes, we're definitely in the year of the audience. And I wonder if it'll also help, I mean, working before I came to Bing and when I was working at an agency, 
I feel like I spent so much of my time explaining what search was to clients Mm -hmm. and making them comfortable even with the notion of search and why they should spend money on search. I feel like audience is going to make our lives easier. Going in there and saying, listen, you got to reach this audience and I have four ways for you to do it. Social, paid search, organic, radio, newspaper, like traditional. And it'll be a much easier sell. We'll now be able to tell and explain to our parents what we do for a job. Yeah, that'll be awesome, won't it? Because <laughs> that's a challenge. We target right audiences. We target audiences. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. I am going to recap a few of uh, the big takeaways I feel. And then if I miss one or you want to add one, you jump in. So I think one of the one of the awesome things I heard um you say was there's just going to be more types of audiences for us to reach. And that's just a really exciting prospect, either for us if we're working in-house or for our, our customers and our clients um, if we're at an agency. Uh, and for me, at a search engine, I'm just happy for everybody. I did like your sort of warning that um, don't assume that you know who your customers are. Um, And particularly as we move into audience um, being such a crucial part of our strategies, if, if the underlying assumptions you have of your audience are incorrect or narrowed or not fully um, thought out, then this could really start hurting you moving forward. And I love this um, notion that you said we're bridging marketing and what traditional marketing study has always been with um, this high-tech, analytics-based, levers-based product that we have. um, And we're now bridging those two together, which I think is going to be a really fun development for our industry. And then just closing off to say it's the year of audience. We're going to call it. We're calling it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, thanks so much again for jumping um, onto our podcast and spending some time with us. I'm sure that we will have you on again soon, um, and we'll talk about voice and any other B2B topics you're interested in. Great. Sounds great. And anything, uh, anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? No, just thanks for having me. This is really fun. And yeah, I look forward to chatting again soon. Great. Well, that's another edition of our Insider Insights series from Bing Ads. You can catch up on all of our other episodes on SoundCloud or any other podcast app that you use. Until next time, thanks for listening. 